0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We
1: said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job.
0: R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay.
1: It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Locked On Packers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. We're going to talk about the Packers' roster move from the end of last week. Lane Taylor, his salary renegotiation, and his likely spot on the roster and what they're going to do with that money, if anything, what the options and ramifications of that move are on the offensive line. We're going to get to all of that and a lot more football talk today. I want to start with something that I think is really important. And I have in the past talked about the coronavirus on this show, and I did so because I thought it was important. I thought it was part of the national consciousness, and I felt like it would be unfair to talk about something as frivolous as football when there's real stuff going on in the world. And honestly, we could make that case anytime I do this show, right? So anytime you want to look at me doing a Locked on Packers show at any point, even during the season, there's probably something more pressing that I could talk about, but that's not the issue. Listen, and if you don't want to listen to this part of the show, I totally understand. And that is your right. That's the beauty of this country. Flip to, you know, something like 15 and you can listen to the football only part of this. But I highly recommend engaging with this. Obviously, I think it's important, which is why I'm not only talking about it on the show, but leading the show with it. The police brutality protests have dominated our news cycle. Our culture and our consciousness and I don't want to get into a discussion about the details that's not what we're gonna do here that's not my goal that's not my role that's not what you come to locked on Packers for but it is worth pointing out here three years ago the Packers and a number of other teams but the Packers specifically put together a gesture they locked arms and stood together as a team For the national anthem. And it was as a way to show solidarity with the protests, those started by Colin Kaepernick against police brutality and the killing, in particular, of unarmed men and women of color in this country. That was the goal. And it rubbed some people the wrong way, some Packer fans the wrong way. In fact, The team, including Aaron Rodgers, we often have asked superstar players on these issues and we've heard other players, black players, say we need white players, white star players to speak up. Aaron Rodgers spoke up and said we want our fans at Lambeau to lock arms like we are and come together and protest police brutality and the killing of, in particular, unarmed black men by the police. In the United States. The fans at Lambeau did not do that by and large and a lot of fans had a problem with it. And now as we sit here and watch all sorts of ugly and disappointing and dangerous behavior, behavior that is devastating to communities at times, devastating to businesses, the looting and the rioting, we're also hearing from those same people, hey, this is not the way. But you go back and you look at that original protest, and frankly, it was hardly a protest. It was a show of solidarity, not even a protest. The Packers players linked arms to say, we are with those who care about police brutality. By the way, if you are arguing that that is an unfair thing to do, then you are, in a way, attempting to silence a cause that theoretically... You believe in. It's hard to be on the side of a cop who leans on a person's chest or neck until they die. If you are on that person's side, we have nothing to talk about. Go find a new show. I don't think a lot of the people who are making those cases are on that side. That's not the thing. But they're saying, oh, it's not the time. It's not the place. I don't want football players making statements." in stadiums while I'm trying to watch the game. And what you're basically saying is, I don't want to hear it. I don't want you to speak up. I don't want you to say this is not okay. And look, I I reject the idea that this is quote-unquote political. Po- politics, no. Nah. This is not a Democrat-Republican thing. That is that is not what we're here for. I'm not here to vilify You, if you believe one or or the other, that's not this. That's not what we're talking about. And so I don't want you to feel alienated specifically because I'm talking about this like I'm talking at you, like I'm chastising you or whatever. Now, if your beliefs manifest themselves in a certain kind of way, then we need to have a serious conversation and, and we all need to do that. We all need to be part of this solution. And it can be hard to work through. And I certainly do not have all the answers. And I'm trying to do what I can in in myself, in my own life, to try and make myself understand a little bit better. Because I haven't always been as educated as I need to be on this stuff. I haven't always listened the way that I need to. I haven't always amplified other voices the way that I should. Because I'm used to driving discussion. And I know a lot of you are as well. That's what Twitter is. So social media is on Facebook. Sometimes we need to learn to lay out, to let the people who are experiencing the thing speak because they're the ones with the insight worth absorbing because I don't have the experience. I don't have the firsthand knowledge. I don't know what it feels like. And so sometimes I might say something that's trying to help, that's trying to be supportive, and it doesn't, and in fact has the opposite effect. And you might be doing it too. And so that's why I am trying to make sure that I'm committed to being better and help be a part of a productive conversation rather than drive it. I don't need to drive it. I'll just I'll sit in the back seat. I'll take the Uber on this one, I, and I don't I don't even have a destination in mind. So it's not even really that. I'm on I'm I'm like on the night bus in Harry Potter. It's just going it's just going wherever, and that's fine with me. Now I, there are people who I understand the problems that are out there with the anthem and the relationship of these particular protests to the anthem and what that means to a lot of people. And I've done my best to try and put myself in their position. And I have military people in my family, people who have served, and people who have fought, who have fought alongside people who have died in service of our country. And I can understand why they would view the flag a certain kind of way. And in fact, this is what Aaron Rodgers said. He said, I'm going to stand because that's the way I feel about the flag, but I'm also 100% supportive of my teammates or any fellow player who are choosing not to. They have to battle for racial equality. That's what they're trying to get a conversation started around. He also said, I think the best way I can say... This is, I don't understand what it's like to be in that situation, what it is to be pulled over or profiled or any number of issues that have happened that Colin was referencing, Colin Kaepernick, or any of my teammates have talked to me about. If you feel that way about the flag, as Aaron Rodgers does, he has chosen to stand. It's part of the reason, I assume, they decided to stand. Other teams did a protest. Jerry Jones knelt on the field with the Cowboys. The Packers didn't. But he is respectful of those who choose to protest that way because of what they're protesting about. Now, what I find extremely problematic is those people who are now saying, oh, look at the looting, look look at the rioting. It can't be done this way. It's counterproductive. If you were also the person saying this other peaceful protest that the Packers engaged in is also inappropriate. Think about why that is. Because it is incoherent to believe that, in my opinion. Now, again, I just I just talked about the anthem part of it, but let's just even set that part of it aside. The problem that a lot of fans have with it and continue to have with it has nothing to do with the anthem. I talked to these people on Twitter. They hit my mentions up. This is not straw man stuff. They say, I don't want this in my sports. I don't want athletes doing this. I don't go to sports for that. Some of you are saying that about this podcast right now, and I understand that. Here's what Devonte Adams said. Not every response to this continued injustice and racism has been 100% positive and productive, but until my people stop being murdered by those paid to protect and serve for simply being black, I'm focused on that. The protest isn't the problem. The looting and the rioting, while bad, is not the problem. It's not the problem. It's a reaction to the problem. And if what you're focusing on is a reaction to the problem and not the problem, then you are standing in the way of progress, even if you don't mean to be. And I will admit to being someone who has not always said the right things, who has tried to look at this as objectively as possible, and that has led me to, I'm sure, say the wrong thing at times. And it, it has has always come from a place of trying to help, but it doesn't always help. And I get to do that because I come from a certain kind of background. And these issues don't affect me. And they certainly don't affect me the same way they affect my friends, the same way they affect the men that I cover in this sport, most of whom are black and could potentially face this kind of oppression at some point in their lives. And so it is incumbent on me, it's incumbent on all of us to say this is not okay and not focus on the riots or the looting or the protests or how people are protesting. We can have discussions about that stuff later. Let's fix the problem. None of that stuff exists without the inciting incident. I mean, and if that's what you're focused on, think about why. It's hard for me to square the case that, oh, all of this, all of these actions here, the more violent and more raucous protests. Oh, this is bad. But then this other nonviolent version of it is also bad. Basically, what you're saying is don't speak up. And that is exactly what some people are saying. Don't. Speak up because you need to stick to sports. You need to stay in your lane. And I'm, I'm heartened, frankly, that more of the people that follow me on Twitter or that listen to this show have not done that. And in fact, when I have talked about the coronavirus, for example, on this show, I haven't gotten a lot of complaints. And I've, I've tried to be unifying about it. And that's what I'm trying to be now. I'm trying to help people understand that we aren't far apart on this. We all agree that this, the things that have happened, what happened in Minneapolis is awful. It's awful and it has to stop. And we need to find a way to stop it. If what we're talking about is the process, then that's fine. That's a conversation for later. Let's fix the thing first. Because that's the most important thing, the basic human right part of this. And we can figure the rest out at a later date. Freedom is the goal and it should be the goal for every single one of us because infringing on the freedom of one person affects the freedom of all of us. It's a slippery slope. And if anything, the last few nights watching this on television and seeing this stuff go on around the country. It's clear that what the Packers were trying to fight for a few years ago in a peaceful way was a message that had we listened, had we taken action, had we done something about it, could have prevented all of this heartache, all of this ugliness that has come after it. And until we find those solutions, this will continue to happen there is no easy segue into this so i'm just going to dive in if you're looking for the best tasting protein bar on the market built bar is the thing it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar 16 amazing flavors eight chocolate nut flavors eight chocolate nut free flavors and all bars are covered in a hundred percent chocolate they're soft and easy to chew they're great for someone who's trying to lose or maintain their weight while indulging a delicious treat right now go to BillPar.com and use promo code locked on to get ten dollars off your first order that's promo code locked on for ten dollars off your first order the reopening is right around the corner and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut Fresh and clean, so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. So treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. All right, the Packers reworked their deal. With Lane Taylor, this was a sort of surprising move in a way because Lane Taylor had been a player who had been discussed as a potential cut candidate, someone that I think people were saying, why haven't they already released him to make room? It would make it easier to sign Tremont Williams or Snacks Harrison, even Mike Daniels has been a name that has been brought back up. He said in a recent interview that there was, in his mind, an opportunity to return to the Packers, and he was excited about that potential opportunity, that there has been some level of discussion between the two teams, something to keep an eye on. I think with Lane Taylor, though, he comes back at a lower number, saves the Packers about $3 million in 2020. And before we talk about the actual money part, it is worth wondering how this affects the Packers on the field in 2020. Billy Turner was better last year than his critics would have you believe. Some are acting like he was, you know, Alan Barber or uh, Justin McRae or Byron Bell from a few years ago. That was not what Billy Turner was. In 2019, Not by a long shot. In fact, pro, pro football focus had him as an above average starting offensive guard in 2019. That is a serviceable player. But with Rick Wagner not making a ton of money at right tackle and Turner not necessarily on this team beyond next season, given his contract, it's fair to wonder where Lane Taylor slots in. Is he just a backup guard? Is he a potential option at right tackle if Wagner is not able to go? Or does that go to Billy Turner? And is there going to be a competition between Turner and Taylor at right guard? Because Taylor was a starter last year. Left guard is generally considered the more important position because it is the backside as is the left tackle of a right-handed quarterback. The best pass blockers tend to be left guards, though that's not, of course, always the case. And Lane Taylor technically lost his job to a rookie because of injury, not because he was not good enough. Elton Jenkins got onto the field because he was really, really good. And he was in a battle with Lane Taylor because he played really well. And it was more likely, I'm sure, long term that he was going to be the left guard than Lane Taylor, who... Is coming up at the end of his contract. Billy Turner had just signed his contract, so he was going to be the right guard no matter what. Is that now the case? I think it's worth wondering. Are Lane Taylor and Billy Turner now in a competition at the right guard spot? Because you can certainly make an argument that Taylor is the better of the two players, that he is someone who has been more consistent and been more proven. He adds to the continuity of your offensive line because he's someone that has been in Green Bay longer. Now, hasn't been in the system longer and may not be a better fit for the system than Billy Turner. But it could also be that if Lane Taylor is allowed to compete at right guard because Elton Jenkins played well enough to lock down that left guard spot, he was a second-round pick, that's his spot now. If Lane Taylor is allowed to compete at right guard, Is Billy Turner allowed to compete at right tackle? And could this be a situation where once training camp rolls around, Lane Taylor and Billy Turner are going to both play both positions, where they're going to get reps at guard and tackle, and it's just going to be between Turner, Wagner, and Taylor, the best three guys at those two spots are going to play. Matt Lafleur has proven that he is not afraid to let people compete. And just because... You've been a guy on the team for X number of years doesn't mean that spot is yours. That was the Elton Jenkins deal. He got on the field because he played well enough to get on the field. It's not like Matt LaFleur had seen enough of Lane Taylor to say, oh, this guy can't do it. No. Lane Taylor had been a good player in the NFL and is still a a quality offensive lineman, whether it's as a starter, certainly is a terrific backup player. I still think is a starting caliber offensive lineman in the league, a starting caliber guard. Brandon Thorne, who is much smarter about offensive line play than I am, before the season last year mentioned that he felt like the best five included Jenkins and Taylor, not Billy Turner. Now, Turner started last year, but that doesn't mean he has to start this year, especially if Green Bay is willing to move on from him next year. It's also possible that Turner is the right tackle of the future that Wagner is really brought in to be a swing tackle or is brought in to be competition or brought in to be a guy who can play if Turner can't play tackle. Now, this also creates all sorts of potential confusion because when Taylor moves on after this year or when his contract is up, we don't know if he'll move on, but when his contract is up, if Turner has been moved to tackle, Wagner still under contract, Turner still under contract, and they don't have a right guard. Now, they drafted John Runyon Jr., but then how are they going to allocate these resources? You can just move on, but it's going to cost you some money. I think the most likely scenario is Lane Taylor is going to compete at guard, And if he doesn't win the job, he'll be the backup guard and the backup right tackle. And I think that position is potentially more important given the injuries for Wagner the last few years. I think that's a potential boon for the Packers to keep Lane Taylor, someone who is a legitimate offensive lineman in the NFL. Now, with the money you're saving, you know, if you're the Packers, if you're not going to use that money, it's not that much money. $3 million is not that much money. In terms of rolling over and using it in 2021, now, you know, the is it because of coronavirus? Is are they are they thinking that there's going to be a lower salary cap because of revenue losses? Every little bit helps. All that stuff. Yeah, sure, potentially, maybe. I think to me, it's more likely that they're looking at bringing back Jamon Williams. They're looking at Snacks Harrison. They're looking at Mike Daniels. They're looking at Taylor Gabriel. They're looking at veteran players who they can add to this roster to make it better with that money. And then they figure out 2021 later. And I think part of that is because the league is going to figure out what to do with the cap. I think the NFL offices, for as much as they screw up, they understand that it will not be tenable if the league has to play six, eight games without fans to just say, okay, the salary cap next year gets cut by 40%. It just can't happen. So it could be that it's an uncapped year, that there's some sort of weird cap smoothing. I mean, there there are options here. We don't don't know all of them at this point. But I think Green Bay is in position now to make another move to add a player to their roster. Is it going to be a game changer, a field tilter? No, it's not. But it could be the kind of player that they need to fortify a position where they're lacking some talent. And there are guys on the open market that would allow them to do that at a reasonable price. And if you're looking to make an impact, at a reasonable price or otherwise, there's no better place to do it than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventures across the globe, the Army is where you can make all that happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself what's your warrior and text ALPL to 462769 to find out. That's ALPL to 462769.
0: Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, a lot more coming this week. Uh, we will be talking about football, mostly football, on the show the rest of the week. I'm working on some interviews, and we have some potential updates to get to. The league is hoping that teams are able to reopen their facilities. You know, Wisconsin is is working through a reopening and the Packers have started the process of reopening Lambeau Field, although it's still not open to the public. Uh, certain staff are going to be allowed to to come back, and and so they're trying to figure out what the deal is there. We will have updates on that because it could open up the door for some kind of pre-training camp practice, whether it's mini-camp, who cares what you call it, but the opportunity to get guys in the building, to get some reps on the field, all of that would have major implications on how Green Bay feels about year two with Matt LaFleur, the progress that they're able to make, and what they're able to make in terms of changes to this team, particularly on offense. I think that has pretty major ramifications here, so we will make sure that we are on top of all of that information and like I said, I'm working on some interviews that I think you guys are really going to like. So more on that when I can announce them. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Packers. Please subscribe. Help us out here. It really makes it easier to get all the content that you like, the Locked On Packers content, to be up to date as possible. There is always something to talk about on Locked On Packers, and that's why we're here. Four days a week in the offseason, five days a week during the year, 25 minutes to a half an hour. Perfect once you're back in your commute or maybe you're in your commute. I'm still getting notes from people. Hey, thanks for making my commute a little bit easier, a little bit better. People still commuting. And as states are opening up, that's probably something that's going to be happening more and more, which is why I am committed to making sure that you keep getting the Locked on Packers content that you want. Help me out by subscribing, leaving a rating, telling your friends about Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.
0: Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network. But why stop now?